You may be seated. Please, please, please be seated. Please, please. It's not necessary. Thank you, Justin, Christine. <laughs> the only way I get a standing ovation is make you get up. No, anyway. Well, I heard a story about uh, a Texas, you know, Texas, you know, Texas. They won yesterday. But Texas, a Texas University graduate and a Texas A&M, an Aggie graduate, they were friends. And when they graduated from college, they began to do a ranch together. And uh, it wasn't long until they realized that their bull, you know, their star bull, had gotten out and got lost. So they needed another one. So the Texas graduate said, I tell you what, I'll go to market and see if I can buy a new bull. And they realized all they had to their name was $500. So the Texas graduate set off and got to the market. And after looking, the only bull that was interested to him, or interesting enough to buy cost $499. So he bought the bull, and then he realized he only had $1 left. So he went to the telegraph office to telegraph the A&M graduate back at the ranch to bring the truck and trailer. He gets to the telegraph office and he says, how much does it cost to send a telegraph? The guy at the telegraph office said it cost a dollar per word. So the Texas University graduate thought a minute, being very intelligent. He said, text my friend the word comfortable. And the telegraph office guy kind of was skeptical, and he said, how will the A&M graduate ever understand to bring the truck and trailer? He says, well, he's an A&M graduate, and he's got to read real slow, you know, like phonics, you know. Come for the bull. <laughs> the slow response, some of you must be from A&M. All right, but that's okay. We love you today. You know, there, there's something about coming to church, and we're going to talk about this in the next few weeks. The whole, the whole uh, year we've been talking about the blessing of God on our life as children of God. And uh, there's something about, you know, our belief system that if we believe that or not, because we can say amen, which means so be it. But to live it out, to really walk, to understand and to, to exhibit the identity that we are children of God, that we're the children of a king, you can go on, you can expound, you can, there's something about that, that if you believe that, and you base your belief system, which comes everything, what you do in life and how you uh, respond to circumstances that come. You know, we talked about that a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that again with the different masks. You know, my sons were up here, and the, the self-talk and the, the circumstance that talks to you and, and, and the enemies talk to you. And, but if you believe, if you walk in that identity that you're a child of the king, out of that belief system... You make choices, and now that choice or those choices come experiences. And if you do it for very long, there's something about you that, that sometimes goes against, a lot of times it will go against culture, but you realize that in walking in the identity of who God says you are, 
that you have what he's promised you, and that is to, the, to have life and to enjoy it. You know, that, that's something, because a lot of people you hang out with, if, if you would interview them and just say, are you happy? No, I'm not happy. Do you enjoy life? No, I'm not enjoying. But God says that he came to give us life that we might enjoy life to the full, even to the overflow. And when we get to the place of overflow, we know that we're not, uh, we're not enjoying life just for ourselves, but we have more than enough to be able to give to other people. And that's why that we love our neighbor as our comfortable. Okay, and let's get into the message today. If today you realize that there's things that are going on in your life, and if you're not aware of your belief system, we need to change our thinking. Uh, you know that words change your thinking. And a lot of times we don't really, we're not conscious of how important words are because words change our thinking, and then it changes when our thinking changes, it changes our emotions, our choices, our habits, our character, our destiny. And the destiny that we're looking at and where we're going sometimes doesn't line up. We're like, I, I don't know. Change your thinking. I've said it the last few times that I've preached. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. Now, now listen to me. There's something of a disappointment that when you get to a place in your life and you go, you know, I, I should be further in my life. There's a, a really a fork in the road. You can just give up and get maybe mad at life. There, there's people that extend it all the way to suicide. But then what I know, children of God, you and I that have put our faith in God, does, this is what we do. We say, you know what? I don't like where I am, and there, there's a, a way out of where I'm at. I can change my thinking. I might be 60, I might be 70, I might be 80, but I don't work on age because my life is eternal. So today is a new day with you. When you come to know Christ and you give him your life, eternity begins on that day. Not the day that you cease to breathe and you go to heaven, but it, it begins right now, the day you make that decision. Um. I think that a lot of times, is, and let me just bring us back to where I was so I can build off the last time I spoke, is sometimes we don't realize that we are what we do. You know, if, if you, uh, let's say you exercise every day, you're an exerciser. People can come and say, you don't exercise. You go, I prove it to myself every time I do it. We, we talked about this. Every time that you do something, you're casting a vote for that's who you are. And a lot of times we as, as um, just human beings or being, that, that we have a comfortable zone that we kind of live in. Now, now stick with me on this because it's very important for you to understand. And, and let's just say for the example, I'm going to pick a, a degree 70. You might keep your house uh, temperature at 70, but that is a passing grade in high school. And a lot of people, you know, you get your paperback and you go, yay, yay. And somebody goes, did you make 100? No, I made 70. I passed. 
a whole different perspective. But, but to some of us, 70 is comfortable. And, and we do life at 70. What does that mean? This is predictable. This is familiar. This is something that we can, this is okay for me. And as we go through life and, and circumstances hits us and, you know, just life hits us, We get to a place where we find out that the temperature in our life begins to cool down. And, and, and pretty soon it's 60 and it's 50 degrees and we get so sick and tired of being busted and disgusted. We go, you know, something's going to change. I'm going to lose some weight. That's right. I'm going to lose some weight. I, I tell you what, I'm going to save some money finally. I'm tired of looking at my bank account zero. Yesterday I was at a... Uh, a place, a dealership, car dealership, and I'm sitting in the waiting room, and the guy next to next over, he's got his phone on speaker, and it says, "Your account totals ninety nine dollars." And the guy was so embarrassed, he kind of looked around, and I kind of went, <laughs> he went, he goes, "I don't keep much of my checking, a lot more of my savings." Good. I'm tired of having nothing in my account. I'm going to do something. It's cold in my life. I've got to turn on the heater. I've got to work at it. I've got to do something. And all of a sudden, we begin to see some changes. We create new habits and things in our life, and all of a sudden, it becomes warmer, and we get back up to 70. But you know what? This is kind of fun. This is kind of what? People are nose. You look pretty good in that shirt. They quit saying, you don't look fat in that shirt. So we find out that the temperature rises to 80 and 90. And man, we're cooking, man. We're doing good. And there's something about people that don't realize that they can get motivated beyond what they feel comfortable in their belief system, in their identity. And they get up around 85 and and people start expecting a little bit more out of them. And they go, what have I been doing? I'm not this. And we turn on the air conditioning and kind of just gravitate back to 70. Now, this morning and through this series, I'm going to try to do something more than just motivation. And, and again, a lot of times when you come to church, hear me, that you come to church and, and a pastor like me that have, has grown up in the church, you come to church and you hear another story about, you know, David and Goliath or, or Noah's Ark and, and it's a motive. And we're, we're, I guarantee you're going to hear more of that from me. But at the same time, most of the time we come to church, we are here to be motivated through the, the worship that is a priming confession out of our mouth. God, you're a way maker. I'm going through things in my life and I'm going to confess as I sing it and it let my ear hear what I'm saying. You're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. God, that, that job situation, God, you're a miracle. You can work that out. You're confessing it. That's why you're coming to church, to be motivated. I come to hear the word of God to motivate me, but listen to me. You might have been saved last week or you might have been saved 25 years ago or more, but the disciplined part of coming to church is up to you. Not just to come into the building, but what you do with the motivation when you leave and go home. That's why a lot of people say, I've been a Christian for 50 years. No, you've only been a Christian for one year, 50 years in a row. You've never advanced. I'm, I'm encouraging you today, and especially through this series of sermons, that you're not just to get motivated and go, woo! 
and then go home and do nothing different, it's the same problems and facing the same belief system because that's all you've experienced, that's comfortable for me, that's predictable, that's familiar. And instead of living the life, you begin to build things in your life and become Betty better than you. Why? Because I go to church every week. Do you do the things? Well, not so much, but I do go to church every week. And I am motivated. I know right from wrong. Are you? No. So, so let's get into the what can help us. Come on. Getting up on Monday morning, what helps us in the discipline part? What helps us actually do it to being a Christian? Not just talking about it. Not just saying, I'm a believer. Well, good. But what are you doing? What is the things that you're doing that you're casting a vote to yourself, first of all, that says, I am a believer? Because there's a lot of things that we have talked about in the last few weeks that the, the talk, you know what I mean. This morning I can get up here and go, hallelujah, if you drink coffee, you're going to have, who said that? That's not in the Bible. Because someone said it, you put it in your belief system. And now you don't even like coffee, but you got to drink coffee because you got to go to heaven. A lot of the don'ts that people look at, again, I've said before that the Bible is a, really, if you think about it, it's a bag of seed. It's promises. It's good news. But someone somewhere has taken it as a bag of don'ts. And it's just boring, and it's old, and it's not pliable to our life. And therefore, did you read the Bible this week? No, I didn't have time. It's a way of looking at it. I hope I haven't offended you and closed your spirit already this morning. I hope you're ready to open up and listen to things that God can put in your life that helps discipline you into being a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple is. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Ready for the word of God? This this is Paul, and and he gets to this place, and, and, and we've said it before the last few weeks. He says in verse 9, not having a righteousness of my own, not, not just doing, he had said all my pedigree and all the things that I've accomplished in life, that, that's worthless to me. I throw that away. But here's where I'm going. Now, this guy's an experienced guy. He wrote about two-thirds, we believe, of the New Testament. There's nobody in here today that has more knowledge than the Apostle Paul, but the words they used, God anointed to be in the Word of God, the Bible, for us. Now, listen, he says this, I'm striving not to have a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. You know what faith is, right? Being sure the things we hope for, certain of the things we do not see. Non-believers think that stuff is crazy. Did you hear me? They think having faith in Christ is crazy. They don't even believe in God, but this is what Paul says, that we as believers do. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Having faith that that we, believers, 
that are forgiven of our sins, that we walk believing. Our belief system is based on the Word of God that says that when we come to Christ, not something that we've done, and we put our faith in Him, that we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say this, just in case everybody thinks, well, Paul became perfect. He says it this way. In verse 13, by no means do I count myself as an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the gold goal where God is beckoning us on. Can you see God? Come on. I've given you all this identity. I've given you all these promises. I've given you a bag of seeds. I've given you everything that you will need and more than enough. He says this. God is beckoning us onward to Jesus and I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Now here's the thing. In verse or verse 15 of chapter 3, it says, So let's keep focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. Can I see your hand as participation? How many people here today are one of those who wants everything that God has for us? It's very important for us to go, that's what... I, now listen... There's even voices that go off in your head and go, yes, I want everything that he has, but you know, just as long as it's in the Bible. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Quiet those voices that are always skeptical. We talked about this in the promise of God for his people in the promised land. And, and the, the key of that whole book of Joshua is here they have been promised. The past generation pulled up. They didn't have faith. They didn't mix it with the word of God. We can't. The giants are there too. Or grasshoppers can't go. The next generation comes and the leader is a man of God. He's seen God. His, he's been out there with Moses. But we know that he has, like us, the, the ability. And he could have taken the opportunity not to walk in faith. Now listen to this because it goes along with what we're going to be talking about today. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, these are the passages of faith. When, when God's talking to this, this guy, Joshua, that's going to be the leader. It's very important because people will begin to look to him. Can we do this? Did God say we could do this? Are, are you sure? Okay, we're, we're, okay, okay. Oh. God goes to him and says, only you be strong and very courageous. I, I, I am telling you today, God is telling you as leaders, well, pastor, I'm not a leader. Everybody is a leader in this building. If you're a believer of God, you have influence on people that are around you. Well, pastor, I only got five people as of my friend on Facebook. Those five people you're leading. Just like Joshua, he says to you today, only be strong and very courageous that you may do according to the law, that you may do, again, that you do things that cast votes of who you are. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you never stop. You're always working. That you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may be prosperous wherever you go. 
Let me say it in, in Paul's way. That you might have everything that God has in store for you. Then he says in verse 8, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Why would you do that? This morning we're going to be talking about creating habits. Why would you create a habit? Come on. That you would meditate on the word of God day and night. Pastor, all I got to do is read it once. I got it. I got a photographic memory. No, you don't. A short pencil is better than a long memory. Okay, so even if you have to write it down, listen. He's saying, please. He didn't say please. He just said, you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe it and do it. Again, that you might begin doing what I've asked you to do in my word, that you're a doer of the word, not just a hearer. According to all that is written in it, for then you shall make then you shall make your way prosperous, and that you shall deal. Sorry, I'm from Texas A&M apparently today. Anyway, here we go. And you may be prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success, and be comfortable. Anyway. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. Come on. God is telling his leader, his man that he has chosen, meditate on the word of God. Keep it in front of you. Why? So that when circumstances come, and they're going to come, and if you allow them, they're going to hit you right between the eyes. And what happens is if you're not doing what's written in the word of God, what happens is all of a sudden you begin to talk what people around you are talking that aren't in the word of God. And after you begin to talk, you begin to think it. And that formula of transformation goes all the way to your destiny of saying, you know, I I just don't like this. God, are you sure that we're not little grasshoppers? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This this is the meat of the message that I want to begin to build on in the next few weeks. Success is the product of daily habits. Not once in a life transformation. You should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than your current results. Do we have that written down? Take a picture of that, because I'm not going to say it again. I'm going to go on to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says this, Do not conform to the pattern, you could say, of the habits of the world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing that it's a process. It's not a one-time thing. The renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. By transforming, Paul is saying, when you're in the word of God, you're transforming. Your thinking is changing. Your choices are changing. Your your emotions, your habits, you, you are transforming. And what I just read is, right now you're saying, well, pastor, I, I don't like where I'm... Can you hear me? Sometimes your current results are keeping you from moving on. You're saying, I'm just not that. 
what it takes to be that is being a doer of the Word of God. Not just being motivated. Woo! Shout to the Lord. Boy, I'm motivated. Go home, nothing. Same problems. It's creating the habits that's going to bring you to different results. Let me explain it this way. If you've ever heard of somebody calling things lagging measures, you know, the things that lag behind, this is a way of thinking about it. Lagging measures of your habits are what's happening after what you're doing. So you're like, right now you might be like, I don't don't like the things that are going on. Let me say it this way. The lagging measures of your financial habits is your low bank account. The lagging measures of your weight is your eating habits. Your knowledge is the lagging measure of your learning habits. The clutter in your house is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. So right now it's obvious, doesn't take much to look at your life and go, you know, there's some things that need to be changed in my life. There's some things that need to be cleaned up. And you'll begin to see things as as you changing your habits will bring about a different result in your life. Think about it this way. You get what you repeat. This is the best way I can say it. Habits are simply solutions to make life easier. We, We all see the problem and we're anointed to solve the problem. Pastor, I'm at this terrible job and they all cut. Do you realize that God has commissioned you to work there so that you can bring light into that dark world? You're anointed as a believer. Well, I don't. Change your thinking. What does God have for you right there? Okay, let let me come down a little bit. Let, Let me just get to the point of being disciplined and and creating habits in your life that you have are so simple. You have systems that are working that are habits and you know it as well as me, but there's things that need to be changed in those habits and we're talking about spiritual things, but we'll talk about just practical. And and we've we've touched on this a, a number of times, but in the context of where we're at, I want to do it again. That in your life, there's a cue that comes that signals a craving that will come a response and then a reward. I want you to say those four with me. Cue, craving, response, reward. Cue, craving, response, reward. Say it again. Cue, craving, response, reward. The the easiest example that I've used in the past is you walk into a room to get something. Let's say your keys. And the light is turned off. As soon as you get into the room, you have a cue. I can't see. The craving is, I want to see. The response is, you go over and flick that little white switch usually, and it's turn on the lights. The reward comes when you are able to see where the keys are. It's simple. All through your life, you've created little habits to create life easier. That's all they are, just little life habits that make life. Well, pastor, that's not too spiritual. Just stick with me, all of you spiritual people. We're going to tie it together with your habits on serving God. Instead of just being motivated one year for 50 years in a row, doing things 
that when the storm comes and we can say, my house was built on the rock, doesn't happen just because you're falling down the hill. There's intention on building your house on the rock. Amen, Pastor John. Never heard it that way before, but yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> we got two of them. All right, everybody else stick with me. Now think about this. A cue sends a trigger to your brain that sets off a specific, specific behavior. A cue. Anybody ever walked by a bakery? That's a cue. You get a craving. I want one of those. <clears throat> the response is you go in. The reward is that you eat it and you feel good. As a believer, we're going to the place that we want all that God has for us. We're looking in the word of God, the promises of God, and we're applying them to our life. And there's a problem in our life and it's called the world. And we're in the middle of a culture that doesn't believe like us. Therefore, we create habits by looking in the Word of God, applying the Word of God to our lives by faith so that we, again, get the reward. There's a cue, there's a craving, a response, and a reward. Every one of us, every one of us want to return to the happy state that makes us happy. You don't think that's very spiritual, but that's true. Some of us here today are happy, happy, happy when we're drinking a cup of coffee. I am. I like that. Because of something inside the coffee called caffeine that hits us. Now, I know that we're in the church, so I'm going to tread lightly here. But some people will go to alcohol because they want to feel the happiness of the numbing down. Everybody with me on that? They'll they'll smoke a cigarette because of the nicotine that puts them in a state of happiness. They're habits. But there's something about knowing with confidence what the Word of God says over your life that will do the same thing and replace those substances. When when you get in a place that you go, I'm not enough, and and all of us, the problem a lot of times will center in a core lie in most everybody here. If you ever go through a counseling routine, they'll, they'll bring you to a place where there's a core lie and something somewhere, you're not enough. And out of that belief system is causing effects effects in your relationships, your finances, and your health. But there's something about knowing the Word of God and then choosing to believe that you're the righteousness in Christ Jesus and marrying that with faith and being a doer of the Word. Now, now watch this. You've got a circumstance that comes up in your life. It's talking to you. You're not enough. And you go, you know what? I remember that passage that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Let me say this. Pastor, I don't even know where that's... It don't matter. Do you know the truth? Don't let the voice say, because you don't know the, the address in the scripture that you're not... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, you know, I don't know. Did you hear that outside? I don't... Is that, the, is that someone trying to come in and get my stuff? Me? Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalms 91 goes on to say, I, I'm not going to be afraid if a thousand falls on one th- side and a billion, just exaggerate, a billion falls on my right side. No harm will come to me. All of a sudden, by speaking the Word of God over your life, again, that, that state comes back of happiness. God, you're in control. God, sometimes I don't know if you if you, you want me to have all that. To him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could even ask or think. But the person that is even a believer that doesn't know those things, they will gravitate, stick with me, we're going to tie it together, gravitate back to that 70 degrees in their life when they're going on second and third and fourth revelation. What does that mean? Somebody told somebody that if you if you smoke, you're going to hell. So then it comes down to if somebody says you're smoking and going to hell, if you, if you ever have touched a cigarette, you're going to hell. And then it comes down to if you ever saw a cigarette, you're going to hell. And you get to that place where you go, I am nothing because I saw a cigarette. Now, I'm exaggerating to make a point here. There's things that have been spoken in your life that is not the Word of God. And you're putting it in your belief system and saying, you know what? I know that the Word of God says He's come to give me life to the full, to the overflow, but I've really never experienced it. My question is to you, what have you based your belief system on? Is it what God has said over your life or what someone that really meant good? God, I I believe that you have something even better for my life than what that person that meant well had for me in my life. Again, let me tell you this, that again, the church service is for motivation, and today you might be like, well, this is different. This is teaching you how to discipline yourself when you leave here to create habits that can bring about results in your life. But let me say this, and and I'll just say, uh, I'm going to give you kind of a, a sheet at the end. It's not a cheat sheet. It's something that you can hold in your hand and, again, bring to your mind. But when you're creating habits that you're going to create in your life that we're going to walk through and and biblical things that you can place in your life that will transform you as far as your thinking, therefore changing your your choices and your emotions and your habits and your character, and then you, you habits have to be just little things that you do over and over. How can I make my things, my habits obvious? How can I make them attractive? How can I make them easy? And how can I make them satisfying? 
It's the same way that you're going to use to break some of the thought patterns and things that people have placed in your life. You do the opposite. To break a bad habit, I don't care if it's uh, parking your car in the front yard. I don't know. Just make up a, I don't want to do that anymore. Then you do it opposite. Make it invisible. Make it unattractive. Make it difficult and make it unsatisfying. Now, now stick with me on this. When we talk about in the Word of God as one example, and you're in the Word of God, the first thing is make it obvious. Make it something. If I was going to play the guitar, you know what the making it obvious habit would be? I would put the guitar in the middle of the room. I'd have to argue with Gwen because it doesn't look pretty, but I would put it in the middle of the room so that every time I walked in the room, I would see that guitar. Oh, yeah, I've got to practice guitar. When you're making it obvious, the two most important things that you can do, and they've proven this through all these different investigations, is the time and the location that you're going to do the new habit. There's always a time when you write down and the location. Like a lot of us say, well, I want to do something about the Word of God being put in my life. The time is I'm going to do it in the morning, and the location is, I'm going to do it in that chair, in that room. I'm going to encourage you. Go, well, I don't need to do that. No, I'm going to encourage you in a minute when we hand out this sheet to do that, to make it obvious that you're going to do things that you haven't done before by just make the time that you're going to do it and the location that you're going to do it. I mean, they've proven it. I, don't, I can't ever take my medicine before, you know, I go to bed. What they say to do, you just put it right there where you brush your teeth at night. It's going to remind you, make it obvious. The second thing is making it attractive. Small habits over a long period of time bring results. Go ahead, gentlemen, pass those out. And when you're making it attractive, listen to me, just little things. It doesn't have to be a lot. I'm going to read. Listen to me. I, I've been in a church where a good, not the pastor, but a good meaning man said, don't be just reading one verse a day. I'm encouraging you, read at least just one verse. Don't be condemned by doing that. Start small if you're not right now. Again, make it attractive. Do, do it after something to remind you. You can bundle habits together. Every morning when I drink a cup of coffee, I'm going to read this amount of passage of Scripture or I'm going to do my devotional, time and location. The third thing is making it easy. See, a lot of people think that uh, you're gonna, I'm, I'm going to run a marathon. Well, why would you do that when you haven't even ran around the block yet? Starts making it easy, starts with the least little unit, the smallest little time, maybe even two minutes that you're going to do this. Start small, just little habits over a larger amount of time. And the last one is make it satisfying. 
There, there's something about after you, you've done a habit, a, a streak, doing it over and over and over, it's motivating. You know, uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I've lost over 20 pounds at the furthest in my life, or about 30 pounds, and I'm right around about 25 now. Is And here's how my secret is. Everybody does this. I lost weight. How did you do it? Well, I ate mayonnaise sandwiches. Mayonnaise sandwiches, I don't even... No, I didn't do that. Here's what I did. Just on this little habit deal, is as easy as writing down or putting in my phone, it's a special app for free. Well, I don't want to... Free. Writing down everything I eat during the day. I hardly eat anything, and I just gain weight looking at food. No, I guarantee you, you're eating. You just don't remember what you ate that day. Something little. Just a little habit. Do you know that the, the, the time that we live in, just with that little computer that you carry called a phone, it's amazing how that can help you during the day. I, I walk... I, I try to walk every day, and I have a goal of how many steps I'm going to take the whole day. Do you know that your phone can track how many steps you do? That's witchcraft. Forget that. That's not witchcraft. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Make it easy and make it satisfying. Now you have this, and today has been kind of a, a different sermon, I get it. But as we go on, it's important for you to create this. Look, look at the bottom of the sheet. It says, habit, location, and time. Today, and, and listen, what we talk about the three big prayer requests in people's lives are our finances, our health, you know, pray for my healing. And, and the third one is our relationships. Our relationships can... Um, also is our relationship with God. In creating those habits in our life, listen, I know you need to brush your teeth more and all that. I'm not teaching you how to do it. If you want to apply this to that, good. But here in the church, I want you to be experiencing abundant life and not just talking about it. I, I like going to church. I like getting motivated and if I would be honest, the, the best the speakers that I enjoy the most, the speakers, the pastors, and all, are the people that can motivate me. Woo! I feel hot when I get out. I'm ready to, you know, hunt bear with a switch, you know, charge hell with a squirt gun. All those little things I've learned in sermons, hearing them. But I realize that the energy is going to wear off in a few minutes. After my Sunday nap, what did you say, Gwen? Are we being practical? Be practical. What is the habits that you can change in your life right now that's getting you prepared that you don't have to go on when I don't see it, when I don't feel it? That you're doing it regardless, that's bringing you to a result that is going to give you the ability when the storm comes that you're not going to be washed away. That somebody isn't going to say something and you go, okay, I'm out. Divorce. I'm fleshing that relationship with you. 
do you realize that what we're doing in creating habits is bringing a result in our life that we can be strong and courageous, as God told Joshua, in the middle of the fight? Well, Pastor, I don't really have a fight in my life right now. Hold on. It's coming. Do you know, uh, and, and I appreciate Dustin Milliken, Allstate Insurance. Dustin is right here. I don't like those insurance people. I don't even like insurance. It's a wreck until I need it. And then I go, oh, thank you, God, for that insurance company over there on Keller Parkway. I bought a car. I'm just going to come on out and say it. I bought a car three weeks ago. And two weeks ago, Gwen and I take it on a date. And we're in the movie theater here at Fossil Creek watching a Christian movie for all of you. <laughs> the voice that's talking to me right now. Christian movie. And I come out, and has anybody ever gone out of a big store like Walmart or something? And you go, I thought I parked over here. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, there it is. My car was not there. <laughs> and I went to, what? Uh, what? I have insurance. Everybody tracking with me, spiritually speaking here? The word of God is again confirming what God has said in your life and is saying in your life. When the storm comes, when the thief comes, you go, uh-uh, uh-uh. I know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God says, don't worry about it. I've already overcome the world that you're in. I'm still on the throne. I'm not surprised. It's going to be okay. Take that sheet home. Put some thought to it. Put it where you drink coffee or water or tea or, well, Pastor, I don't do it. Wherever you go in the morning to start with. And just begin to think, God, what is it? Some of the lagging measures in my life that I need to change are obvious. How can I apply this to my spiritual life? When it comes to my finances, my relationships, and my health. God, because I want all that you have for me, the abundant life to the full, to the overflow. God, I don't want to just hear people that are experiencing it and go, well, God, you didn't do that for me. Put some things into motion and be a doer of what God's word says in your life. Let's pray. Father, you are so gracious to us. And Father, for all of us, God, there's a, almost everyone here has messed up in their life. But the good news is you have grace for us. Father, we don't stay in that situation because we're condemned. But God, you've given us grace, a way out. God, your word says that the prudent, the wise, see danger afar off and take refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. God, you've given us wisdom to see those things in our life that needs to be changed. God, because when trouble comes, we're not there anymore. You have provided a way for us to escape. And Father, I pray right now 
that everyone here would receive your forgiveness, that you would, they would ask, and God, you'll graciously give it. And Father, that they would realize that today is a new day. And Father, that they would rejoice in you because God, you are the way maker, miracle worker, and promise keeper. In your name we pray, amen. You guys are a wonderful group of people that have come to hear the word of God. And I know that this is going to help you overcome some of the, maybe the struggles in your life that you've never been able to overcome before. But let me encourage you before we leave in about 10 seconds. Start small. Don't have to, you don't have to eat the elephant all in one day. Just one bite at a time, okay? Go get them, guys. You're dismissed. <laughs>